Hi, I'm Rebecca Lauderdale. I'm an internal medicine doctor in the Deep South, and I'm on a mission to make this statement true. Women physicians flourish. During my experience of burnout years ago, when not many people were paying attention to physician burnout, I eventually found my way and learned to flourish. I created this podcast to bring you the things that helped me most. The science, the stories, the people, and the evidence-based practices that will help you if you're struggling. Because the world needs doctors like you to not just be free of burnout, but to flourish. Hi, everyone. So glad that you're back. I am here again this week with another amazing interview with a wonderful woman physician who is an example of someone who's flourishing and who's done so after coming through some difficult times. Her name is Dr. Christine Wynn. She's a double board certified physician practicing in Southern California. She is certified in family medicine and also in lifestyle medicine. She believes that a major part of optimal health and flourishing includes having supportive relationships and positive community and social connections. Um, she, through COVID, through the pandemic, started a group, um, a Facebook group, a private one, for single physicians and other high-level healthcare professionals. And it's kind of exploded, and she is um, creating an app uh, a, basically a dating app for for physicians and and healthcare professionals and for her Facebook group she provides kind of a level of security by um, confirming NPI numbers you know that the people in the group are who they say they are and um, it's a place where people go to find not just romantic relationships but friendships too just to, to get to know other people who really understand the world that they're living in and I will admit I'm a little embarrassed to say this but until I started preparing to talk with Christine this week and having this conversation with her I had not really considered the challenges that single physicians have gone through, particularly this past year and a half during COVID. Um, it, it's been, um, I think, probably more isolating for, for many of you who are single. And um, I am really appreciative to Christine for talking about those challenges and uh, creating community um, for people. Um, in a safe space. So um, I hope that this conversation helps helps some of us married folks to understand um, that 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 the ways that we can help our single colleagues and and understand them better. And we don't just talk about being single. We also talk about uh, Christine's career and the transition that she made a year or two ago and changing her the type of practice that she's in and how sometimes our identities and our fear of what change means about us can slow us down and keep us from flourishing. So I think you'll really enjoy that part of our conversation. So without um, any more um, discussion on my part, let's get to the part that's interesting with Christine. So um, again, Dr. Christine Wynn, and um, thanks for listening. I hope that you'll consider reviewing, rating the podcast so that more people can see it and I can get the message out to more women physicians like you. 
All right, Christine Wynn, thank you so much for being here today. I've looked forward to talking with you. I'm glad we've been able to find some time together. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's such a pleasure to be here to have this conversation with you. I've been looking forward to it. Me too. Um, So I've introduced our listeners to your background a bit already. Um, I'd like to start our conversation by asking you to think back over the past year or so and tell us about a decision that you made or something that you did that took a little courage, but you did it for for yourself, for your own flourishing. Yeah, that is such a great question, Rebecca. I would say, hands down, it would be my decision to leave my full-time primary care practice um, probably about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And that was such a tough decision for me. Um, uh, it literally broke my heart. I, I mean, at that mm-hmm. time, and I actually struggled with it. I think it, I started thinking about it a year before and then seriously, like six months before I left. And it's, you know, certainly being a primary care physician, you just can't take off. You know, it's a process. Right. And, you know, I really struggled with it, whether or not it was something that I wanted to move forward with that decision, um, because, you know, it was such a big part of my identity, who I am, um, that I felt like, well, if I left, like, does that make me less of a doctor? Like, what does this mean? You know, um, I, I was really struggling with that decision. But in the end, you know, I recognize that, um, you know, we are dynamic individuals, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, even with our career, not just our personal lives, and and we evolve professionally. Um, I recognize that it was no longer um, compatible with sort of how I saw myself, you know, in a professional mm-hmm. way. And it was time for me to move on to the next stage of my professional life. And 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 it did take a while, but I did come to terms with it. Um, you know, but certainly I can see, you know, I don't believe that I'm alone in feeling this way. Not at um, all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. Um, I, I mainly asked it because I know about you that you that you spent your first 10 years in practice in, in family medicine. And I have a somewhat parallel story in that I, I practiced my first nine years out of residency was in hospital medicine. And I I struggled with some of the same things that you've mentioned. Um, I think the reason I didn't leave earlier than I did was because it didn't, it, it, there was something about what I thought that would mean about me if I quote unquote quit. (laughs) And I I don't see it now as that. I don't see it as quitting. It was, it was just changing. It was growing. It was doing something different. Do you see it that way now? Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that, you know, certainly makes me feel less alone. Um, But I love the way you put it in the word that you use about growth, right? We, Mm -hmm. you know, we grow out of something, it it doesn't mean anything negative. If anything, I think it's a very positive thing, Um, you know, that you're growing beyond what is currently, you know, in your current position, and you're ready to move on to something else. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it takes, I would say, take a lot of courage, you know, uh, to be able to make that decision. And, and to move on to something else and find a better fit for yourself. Mm-hmm. So after you made that change, um, you're doing locums work now, right? Yeah. So I do a combination. So after I left, I literally like had no plan <laughs> I, other than, you know, I'm going to do locums, um, uh, urgent care work. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a family physician. Um, but since then, you know, within the last uh, couple months, I've actually returned back to primary care in a per diem uh, 
position. So I'm doing a combination of um, per diem and locums, primary and urgent care, uh, which has really worked out for me in so many ways. And, and so I'm quite happy with my decision now. So was it before you made that initial transition or after that you started to think about lifestyle medicine? The lifestyle and medicine piece came after, you know, and mm-hmm. it actually, I did, wasn't even aware that lifestyle medicine existed uh-huh. until last year during the quarantine um, when I joined a community, the Leverage and Growth Accelerator community, mm-hmm. and, you know, was able to meet all these wonderful physicians. And a number of them started talking about lifestyle medicine. And it really piqued my interest um, because it totally aligns with the way that I you know, see mm-hmm. how healthcare and medicine should be practiced. Um, and so I, you know, got involved with the community and learned more about it and uh, became board certified in November of 20, uh, 2020. And, and, and I can't be more excited about that. So tell me, tell me about lifestyle medicine. Yeah, I, I will admit <laughs> to all near complete ignorance. <laughs> oh, that was that was me as well uh, until last year. So lifestyle medicine is um, an evidence-based therapeutic approach to treat, prevent, as well as reverse um, chronic conditions, you know, such as diabetes and hypertension. Um, there's a number of pillars of lifestyle medicine um, that we focus on. Um, the big one would be um, the diet and uh, the focus of lifestyle medicine. The diet is on a whole foods, predominantly plant-based um, diet. Um, and then along with that, certainly uh, our focus is on regular physical activity, uh, restorative sleep, um, reduction or elimination of toxic substances like smoking, um, as well as having um, social connection, community, and healthy relationships. So those are the the biggest pillars of uh, lifestyle medicine that we promote. That sounds wonderful. I think that sounds like um, kind of maybe the ideal that a lot of us who are in primary care have for for caring for our patients, but um, the the practice of primary care has become very different than that. Um, Yeah. I I say it's going back to the basics and these are things that we've all, you know, learned about when we went through medical school and certainly, um, you know, a lot of us still, you know, practice like some aspect of lifestyle medicine in in primary care, but given the challenges of the way the healthcare system is and the challenges with the time and um, just some of the driving factors currently in the healthcare setting, that's been very difficult for a lot of primary care physicians to be able to spend as much time on lifestyle medicine um, as they would like. And it's not that I think, I think a lot of physicians are practicing into it in it, mm-hmm. but of varying degrees and not to the degree that they would desire for their right. patients. Yeah. Because nowadays there's all this, you know, push for like a pill for every, you know, uh, for everything. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're over treating patients, over testing. Um, it's such a complicated, you know, situation with our healthcare system, mm-hmm. with kind of where we are at today. And so, um, I like my myself, like other folks in lifestyle medicine, are especially interested in going back to the basics of treating yeah. patients in this way, which we think would help them, you know, really help improve their healthcare. Mm-hmm. I've I've recognized the benefit of just having more time with patients, you know, the, the type of care that we need to give them takes more time than a 10 minute visit. 
Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and that was my my career jump was going from hospital medicine to outpatient primary care internal medicine for um, a very specific subset of patients. Um, I have I'm part of a multi specialty group that's pretty um, one of the largest ones in the southeast. Even though our our local population is not that big, we're in Mississippi. Um, but I have. Um, focus my practice on patients who are, you know, have multiple comorbidities, they're multimorbid patients and high risk. And so we were able to put some resources into that, that allowed us to have more time and more staff. And it makes a huge difference in your ability to serve patients. So I can recognize just time. And then with the additional layers of the work with diet and the work with sleep and the work with um, social connections, that just, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, mm-hmm. time is so important because, you know, really it's the education piece that I think that a lot of patients need because unless they understand, um, you know, the reasoning, the you know, the logic behind the healthcare, it's really hard to be able to uh, be able to maintain that and, and follow through with yeah. all the recommendations that all of our wonderful physicians make. Mm-hmm. So... You have pioneered an online community also in this past year, or how long ago was it that you started the White Coat Romance yeah. Facebook group? <laughs> so it has been a year. Um, gosh, mm-hmm. I can't believe how quickly time has flown by. But, uh, you know, the way that things have sort of evolved and, um, you know, now that I have more uh, flexibility and then unfortunately with COVID and the quarantine, um, the White Coat Romance uh, group really came out of the quarantine. Um, as I mentioned, I'm, you know, I was doing urgent care. I was feeling very, very isolated. Um, you know, there was the physical distancing from like family and friends. And even early on, like most of our peers uh, felt very much alone. And the friends that the only friends that I could hang out with and being single um, were my friends in healthcare. We were in a little bubble and we mm-hmm. knew that there was a larger community out there. Um, and so I formed the White Coat Romance community. Um, it's currently a Facebook community with um, healthcare professionals with clinical doctorate degrees and we have so much fun in the group and it's a virtual space for us to mingle um, get to know one each other one another as friends and there's that potential for romantic connections and also I think the really big piece of it is also providing support to one another in this very difficult time when a lot of us um, do not have that support you know being so um you know, distant from our family. And even for myself to this day, I actually still haven't seen most members of my family. Oh, wow. And so that's been really, really difficult. And and I knew I wasn't alone in that. And so, you know, I do my best to try and, um, you know, do different types of posts and live events and, and um, do virtual mingles so that we could all um, connect on, you know, different levels within the group. Mm-hmm. So did you start, you started the group with people that you knew? already and did they did they begin adding their friends was it was it sort of an organic growth to begin with or did you you advertise it yeah, no, I mean, it was just, yeah, like exactly like you said. And, you know, I started inviting my network of friends and they invited their friends who invited their mm-hmm. friends and, you know, and the community is, you know, um, yeah, it's, 
throughout the United States. And we you know, are lucky to also have some uh, Canadians as mm-hmm. healthcare professionals in the group with us as well. And so it's That's been so fun. wonderful. <laughs> I love that idea. Um, and you have you you verify um, that someone is actually a healthcare professional in the you know the professions that you have listed, um, so that you don't have people coming in pretending to be a doctor or pretending to be a pharmacist, and um, you know you know that you're in a group with people who have been vetted. Yeah, so I wanted to be sure that this was a safe space for us to connect. And 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 I think I've surprised a lot of people about how strict I am about the NPI. Good. I, do, I require <laughs> that they provide me with an NPI or mm-hmm. or um or if you don't, because we do have some physicians that are no longer in clinical practice or or mm-hmm. are they're in some other setting or even some that perhaps may not have practice, um, you know, as long as they provide me another form of verification. So I do ask for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and people come in, they're like, she made me give her her NPI. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course I, w- I will ask. <laughs> and I said, well, aren't, aren't you glad I did? <laughs> they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I would think that, that that adds tremendously to the value of the group. Yes, without a doubt, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. So what do we married physicians not understand about how COVID has affected single doctors? Yeah, well, I say even before COVID, right? I think it's just there's so many challenges being a a single physician to begin with, you know, Mm -hmm. from our busy lifestyles to, um, you know, are, you know, who we consider to be our match. And it's variable, you know, depending on what it is you feel your match is um, in terms of whether, you know, if you're interested in um, your match, having the same intellectual, financial and life goals as you do um, going on, you know, going out in the dating world, especially in this modern dating era is quite a challenge, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, to be able to like, cause there's, it's so, it could be like, very like random to to scary in a lot of cases for for mm-hmm. some people and you throw in the the covid quarantine factor and um our lives have gotten so much busier and certainly during the quarantine there were very well times in terms of how much i had to work you know initially like there was that period where patients were afraid to go to see the doctor and then all of a sudden there you know everyone's back and there was the the surges and so I mean, I was working like nonstop and completely exhausted, you know, certainly Mm -hmm. like it was more of a survival mode, not even thinking about dating, you know, Um, and and then it was really tough because, you know, being single, you lack the support that -hmm. you have, um, you know, and I can speak for myself because I really didn't interact with, you know, most of my family and very few of my friends. And so that was very, very difficult to be able to go through a difficult time like this. That was life-changing for everybody, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But from our perspective, you know, um, seeing um, everything that was happening, um, you know, for some uh, physicians, it was seeing all this death and dying and disease. Um, It's really heartbreaking. It's like, how do you uh, cope with that. And, and it would be nice to have a supportive partner to be able to, you know, talk about it. And, um, and so, you know, um, not having that, you know, we um, turn to, you know, a community like what I formed, you know, to have supportive friends mm-hmm. who's, who, who are able to um, support one another during this difficult time. Mm-hmm. So do you find that some of your community members are people who 
they're maybe not necessarily there because they want to get married. They're there because they just, they're single and they recognize the need for deep friendships. Yes, without a doubt. Um, I think, you know, it's not only there, it's a wide range. Um, We have a lot of um, healthcare professionals in the group from, you know, like you mentioned, like just very happy being single and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then there are others that are, you know, you know, going through a tough time with their separation or recently divorced and not quite in that stage where they're ready to date, um, mm-hmm. but sort of kind of like want to get your feet wet um, and also looking to form friendships to provide support, um, you know, among um, a group that understands what is what their life is like and the challenges that they face. Mm-hmm. And so there's certainly a wide spectrum of uh of folks in the group and, but the common theme being that we're single healthcare professionals. Yeah. That just makes me so happy that you've created this community. Um, I can imagine that it can be difficult. Um, I mean, you've already, you've already described how difficult it can be. Um, and, and there's sometimes, uh, you know, and I think it, it depends on what your, um, social background is, your family, your community, how much they value, marriage versus recognizing that people can still live a very flourishing and happy life and be single. Um, but that, that it can be difficult to, to feature that and, and to, to really, um, focus on that in your friendships and to have that community. I'm just, I'm so glad that you've done that. Um, Oh, thank you so much because, you know, you know, I guess depending on who you talk to and, you know, there's like, there's the stigma of like being single. Right. And, you know, like, you know, not everyone's goal is to get married, you know, and so Mm -hmm. we all have different goals and um, whether marriage or a partnership, you know, it's, it's very individualized. And, and so, um, and I think like being the group, um, I love that we provide each other with different perspectives. And so it's a nice way to learn from one another um, because, you know, I think uh, hopefully that we recognize that marriage doesn't as much as I still believe in marriage and a lot of the members in the group believe in marriage, but not everybody is um, feeling that marriage or even a partnership is for in their future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's that perception out there that um, marriage equals, you know, it's like a status symbol of success and happiness Mm -hmm. and um, self. It means that it'll end in like, you know, self-fulfillment and it (laughs) it could be, it could be right. But it's not the, perhaps, I don't know, maybe there might've been research in the past that marriage has led to that. And perhaps Mm -hmm. in this modern world that it's, um, it's, it's different now. So, um, so, but I think some of the, those ideas and understanding still carries, um, to this day where, um, you know, I get that question, like, why aren't you married? Why haven't you gotten married? And it's like, what is, you know, is that thinking they may or may not say it out loud. What is wrong with you? Why don't anybody want you? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm being dramatic about it, but those are some (laughs) of the the thoughts and, and certainly like family members and and relatives have been definitely more blunt about it, you know, in Mm -hmm. in the past, maybe I haven't seen them recently, so I haven't heard about it, but, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's what's going on out there. (laughs) Only imagine Um, you know, I've, I got married just before I started medical school. So I, I haven't been single in a very long time, over 20 years. Um, but I, I have friends who are single and I, I know that they are living 
full lives. And I just, oh, it makes me cringe to hear people ask, when are you getting married? Or, you know, to try and fix you up. Oh, it gives me, oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, because I just, I I can, even, you know, though I am married, I, I recognize that that one relationship cannot be my whole life and, and nor for him, we, it, it, it takes a whole, um, a whole life and a whole, um, community of people to make a full life for someone. And, and I believe that you can build that by being married and you can build it by not being married. Um, I absolutely agree. And, you know, certainly being single, um, is a choice and I've made that, yeah. that decision to yeah. be single. And, um, I certainly, you know, would welcome someone in my life, but only if that person would compliment my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I don't think it, it would do us either one of us any good, mm-hmm. um, if it wasn't like a good match, you know? I, so I think that mm-hmm. it, you know, you mentioned studies that show, you know, I think there are some older studies that talk about, being happier if you get married or living longer or something like that. But first of all, I can't quote data from any of that. So nobody take my word for this right now. But I think that there have been a lot of changes in what we expect from relationships and and what we need because women, so many more women are independent financially. And so that that being taken care of um, being provided for is not weighing as heavily on our minds as what just how what is this person going to be to me in a in a relationship? Can we have intimacy? Can we um, can we be ourselves? Can we learn and grow together? And a lot less about can you support me? And I, I think um, I think that if they were to do more studies now and carry them out, we would probably have different findings on the impact of marriage and, and women and men. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd be curious to see in this yeah. modern era, like how mm-hmm. people feel about it and, um, and how they would rate their happiness, fulfillment, joy, and all these different aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your app. Is it live? your dating app? We are getting really, really close. And so, um, you know, from the Facebook community, um, you know, I recognize that um, there was a community outside of social media. And and I have some of those friends, you know, who are not on social media, or there are even some that, um, you know, are on it, but they're not really active on it, you know, because the Facebook, um, what coat romance community, it's a group interaction. Um, and some folks are perhaps more shy or it's just not for them and they desire more of a one-to-one interaction. Um, and then I also um, recognize that, you know, there was a need to, you know, I wanted to reach a bigger audience and make a, a bigger impact. And, you know, my initial um, ideas about forming this community has now grown and expanded. And um, so the app is going to include a much larger community uh, with not just uh, the clinical doctorate degrees, but also clinical doctorate and master's degrees in healthcare, as well as we invite our white code um, professional PhDs friends mm-hmm. who are in the health science and um, fields um, and also um, doctoral candidates like medical students and dental mm-hmm. students and so forth. So I'm super excited about it. It's going 
going to be this much larger community. I'm excited to provide a platform that will allow um, introductions um, for yeah. folks within this community to be able um, perhaps like find their person um, or whatever, you know, sort of relationship that they desire. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, I've become very passionate about feeling, especially I think COVID has really highlighted the importance of relationships yes. um, and being in healthcare. You know, I think for so many of us, um, we really like have not focused on, you know, ourselves, right? Um, we're very, a giving individuals, you know, we take care of our patients, um, we put our patients first, we take care of our families, and especially for us who are single, um, our romantic lives have been in the back burner. And so mm-hmm. I feel really strongly that I want to be able to support this community that's given so much and be able to able to do something for this community. Um, and so the app is just one way, you know, of providing that support, but I'm envisioning bigger goals and want to be able to do mm-hmm. more than that. Um, and so I'm excited because then I get, you know, um, new ideas from other people and they ask me about things. So um, I- I'm I'm going to start there and, and perhaps, you know, grow this into something much bigger. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I just can't be more excited about the, <laughs> where, where the direction that I'm heading and um, the changes that I can make. Oh, yeah. I'm envisioning like a retreat in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. So I exciting. love that. Let me put that on so, the list. <laughs> yeah, put it on your list. Give me credit for the idea. Um, <laughs> well, do. So before we finish up, I want to make sure that people know how to find you. Um, or how did they? How do they find your White Coat Romance Group on Facebook? And who right now is eligible to join that group? Mm-hmm. So um, for the White Coat Romance. Um, Facebook group, it, you know, I, I limited it only because of my ability to manage mm-hmm. a Facebook group currently. So it's currently just for um, healthcare professionals with clinical doctorate degrees, like physicians and dentists, pharmacists, optometrists. Um, currently, the bulk of the group are physicians, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but the rest of the community is certainly welcome. Um, and um, and that's just, you know, you can just search White Coat Romance Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the data app in development. Um, Hopefully the beta version will be out in a couple of weeks. Um, You can go to the website whitecoatromance.com and sign up for our email list um, to get updates on the progress of it uh, and then get notified when the beta version is is up and running and certainly would um, be welcome if you are uh, willing to, you know, give it a shot and give me some feedback because I want to be able to design an app that I want to use and all of my um, white coat professional community would like to use as well. Otherwise, you know, it defeats the purpose of, of doing something like this. Um, we're also on uh, other, um, in social media, there's a white coat romance um, Facebook business page, also white coat romance Instagram and white coat romance uh, and LinkedIn. So they're all this right. by the same name, white coat romance. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself personally, just my name, Christine Wen. You can find me as well in the the major social media channels as well. And um, add me as a friend. I'd love to connect and um, let's see how we can support one another. Yes. So I am so glad we got to talk today. Um, I uh, I look forward to seeing how White Coat Romance grows over the coming months and years. Um, and I feel like I've found a kindred spirit in you. 
um, we've had some some similar experiences and I think we've both grown a lot from them. So I appreciate you so much. And I know many people also appreciate the work that you're doing um, and you being having candor and um, just being such a great guest today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you. I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to come on and have this conversation with you. And um, I, you know, we had chatted a little earlier and I was just expressing um, how how I was just so blown away from the work that you've done. And even though this podcast is new, but oh my, you've really started off with a quite a bang in terms of the, the content and the value that you're providing. Um, and I love the message that you're, you're, you're giving and how the work that you're doing to help um, women's physicians flourish. And I'm so excited to follow you on your journey as well. So thank wow. you again. Thank you. I'll make sure all your links are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I don't have a reading prepared this week, but I want to say a thank you. When I started this podcast six weeks ago, I really wouldn't have imagined the beautiful experience that I've had interacting with you and getting to know you better, um, the wonderful women that I've met and interviewed so far, um, and I can't wait to let you hear the others. Um, I know that many of us have been through difficult times, are going through difficult times, but I believe that women physicians are the strongest group of people on this earth. We can change so much about the world. And I can't wait to do more of it with you. I'm honored to be part of it with you. So as always, much love until next week.